Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New Orleans Saints. This is the Saints Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Here's your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Saints Wire editor, John Siegler. We're back. It's the second season of the Saints Wire podcast, and I'm thrilled to be working once again with John Sigler. John, how's life been treating you, my man? It's, it's been a while. I haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah, it's been great. It's been nice and quiet um, almost for, for here, here and there. So the best of the nice change, but this is all, this, as we learned last season, the Saints have never had a normal week. So between, between the Russell Wilson drama and the Drew Brees drama and the Jameis Winston <laughs> drama, and it's just been one thing after the next, and we're we're uh, ready to roll with it. Yeah, that's that's what we're here to do on the show. We're here to talk about all the drama. This is what we do every week, right? And and you've you've been writing about this. You you've been saying all along, I think before the season even ended, that this off season was going to be the most exciting, the most unpredictable that maybe we've we've seen in our lifetimes with the Saints, right? And why do you think that? Is it the quarterback position specifically? Why do you think that this is going to be? You know, why do you see fireworks happening with this team? Is that just what you've come to expect with the Saints at this point? Yeah, that's part of it. That, that's how they operate. That's how they run their business is <laughs> by make, making splashy moves. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's doing things like signing Jerry Bird hours under free agency when they had like $6 in cap space. Uh, <laughs> this is just who they are. And when you look at everything on the table for them here, you know, you've got the quarterback situation where we're kind of expecting Drew Brees to announce his retirement, but he hasn't done it officially. And we're kind of not sure if he's actually going to do it or not. And, you know, You've got Sean Payton go, going down Radio Row talking about Jameis Winston like he's already under contract, and he isn't. And he does are interested that, yes. in signing Jameis. Yeah, so we, we, we've got a lot of, you know, there's a lot of intrigue with the quarterback position, but then you look at everything else, you look at the draft picks where they've only got, like, I think three picks right now before comp picks are allocated. Um, you look at, at the cap situation, they're, you know, $70 million over the optimistic estimates of the salary cap. So there's so much change on the way um, between players, you know, restructuring their contracts, possibly taking pay cuts, getting released if they don't want to do those things, um, guys retiring. Uh, and then, you know, there's just so, there are so many variables at play that it's really difficult to predict anything. And I'm kind of taking the approach with it where, well, you know, I, I'm kind of challenging the Saints to surprise me. You know, let, let's see how wild we can get here. <laughs> well, I think what would really surprise us is if Russell Wilson really became a Saint. I think that would be stunning. Uh, now, it seems like, John, everyone is kind of acting like this is a real thing, like Russell Wilson might actually be on the trade block, like the Saints are going to pull this blockbuster deal. But in reality, it seems like Wilson's agent kind of floated that, you know what, here's the four teams that he would be interested in waiving his no-trade clause for in the case that he was going to demand a trade. And for all intents and purposes, it doesn't seem like Russell Wilson has done that. 
but everybody's kind of acting like he's on the block, that the Saints have a great chance to get him. Michael Thomas is on Twitter. He's tweeting pictures of he and Wilson at the Pro Bowl, right? You had, I got a kick out of this, the mayor, uh, Mayor Cantrell out there. She's, quote, we not only admire you, we want you, she said about Russell Wilson. The culture of the city of New Orleans awaits you. So what is going on with this Russell Wilson thing? This has become like a huge story in New Orleans. And maybe that's what you're kind of talking about, John. Everything kind of takes on a new personality. It gets it, it goes to new heights when it involves the Saints. And I feel like this Russell Wilson story has spiraled into this huge thing that it really isn't, right? Like, what do you think about this whole thing? Yeah, you know, realistically speaking, I don't think that Russell Wilson is going to get traded. I, I fully expect the Seahawks to, you know, do what they can to make him happy. That, that's what you do when you, when you have a franchise quarterback is, you know, you move mountains to keep them happy and keep the team working at full capacity around them. And so I, I just don't know that there's really legs to the story, but man, is it fun to speculate about. <laughs> yes. And you, you, look, you look at things, you start connecting dots, and it's like, well, you know, the Saints and the Seahawks did work out a blockbuster trade once upon a time. I mean, you know, we sent all-pro tight end Jimmy Graham, uh, who, who at the time, he was on the Hall of Fame trajectory at the time. Um, he, he was that effective in New Orleans. Traded him to uh, Seattle in exchange for a Pro Bowl center with absolutely no lead-up to this. You know, a year after Graham just signed a big contract that took a whole offseason to get worked out. Uh, the Saints and Seahawks, they've, they've cut deals like this before where no one really saw it coming, and it, it, all of a sudden, here it is. And, you know, as far as Wilson fitting in New Orleans, there's no question that that would just be tremendous to see. Um, I know that he and Sean Payton hit it off at the Pro Bowl a few years ago, that same Pro Bowl where the Saints were coaching, and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara got, got to buddy up with Russell Wilson a lot. And, um, so th- th- there's a lot of... I don't want to say connect the tissue, but there's a lot of dots you can connect here to see how Russell Wilson ending up in New Orleans could make everyone, everyone except the Seahawks very happy. Yeah, it's, um, it's just a love fest, right? It's just a love fest. Absolutely. I mean, I, I can very easily see Russell Wilson, you know, scrambling on a broken play and finding finding Alvin Kamara downfield for a, for a huge game as he just leaves the defensive coordinator to throw in his headset on the, on the sideline. I, I can see him throwing 45-yard bombs to Deontay Harris and Marquez Callaway and just having the time of his life out there behind his all-pro offensive line that the Seahawks have failed to build for him. Um, so the, it, it would be so much fun to see. I just don't know that it's going to happen uh, just because there's very little in Seattle's interest to make it happen. And, you know, the Saints really don't have a lot that they could offer Seattle. I mean, I, I, just, I just don't know that there – I just don't know that things are going to get to that point. And the elephant in the room, and you kind of mentioned it, is this cap situation. I don't think I've ever heard of that, John. And I know this is a different kind of year, different kind of off season. No one really knew where the cap was going to be, but it, we knew it was going to be depressed because of the pandemic. But for a team to be $70 million over the cap, I, I know there's a lot of ways you could kind of you know, mess with that number and, and bring it down to where you need it to be, but... I can't believe that thing. That that seventy million over the cap is uh, it's startling, and you know I don't really believe in the quote unquote cap jail thing, but it seems like the Saints they got a lot of work to do to get that number down to something more reasonable. Seventy million over the cap sounds like a lot. Like like where do you start there? Well, well to be clear, there's sixty eight and a half million. Over okay, I'm the sorry. Cap. I over I, I always over I always <laughs> overstate so that. Yeah. Uh, so so we, hey, that's a good that's a better spot to start from. You know. 
Um, <laughs> I've written about this. Uh, the, the team at the, at, at the Athletic has written about this. By Triplet at ESPN has written about this. None of us have done a better job of explaining how the Saints operate and what strategies they're probably going to take than Nick Underhill at New Orleans got football. Um, I linked to his, his, he, he's done several write-ups about how the Saints can get cap compliant, how they can get down. Um, I've linked to him several times. Check check out his work. Uh, best got, best reporter on the beat. Now, to to kind of summarize um, what he and what all of us uh, covering the Saints have have written about this offseason already, it, the Saints can get cap compliant without cutting any serious big names. Um, I think I think now that they've already started by releasing Nick Easton, who might retire. I mean, he had three concussions last year, so that he was not coming back either way. Um, but the biggest name they might release would be nose tackle Malcolm Brown. And there are not many defenses around the NFL that are going to fall to pieces because they've lost their nose tackle. Um, if you look at the contracts on the roster, look at how they're structured. So many of these deals are made, they're, they're, they're structured with restructures in mind. And what that means is when you restructure a contract, restructure a contract in the NFL, you convert a, a portion of the base salary owed to the player to a signing bonus that they get written in theirs. It's not a pay cut. They, they get their money immediately. What happens is you take that portion that you converted and you spread it out over the remaining years of the contract. And if you look at the deals with so many of these players, with Teron Armstead, with Janoris Jenkins, with Michael Thomas, uh, if, you, if you look at these deals, the Saints have engineered it in a way that they are ready to pull the trigger, essentially, if the player agrees to it, to uh, convert these, these, sal- these base salaries into signing bonuses and immediately create cap space without cutting the player. And I expect them to do that for many of these guys at the top of their salary cap table on overthecap.com or spot track. They take your pick. And they're going to use that. And they can create, gosh, like 45 or 50 million in cap space just, just through restructures. Now, the danger of restructure is it increased salary cap in future years. If the cap stays low after this year, if these players start to trail off in performance and if they're, if they're not starting quality anymore, that's when you have problems. But if we're talking about players who are still in their prime, who are still very effective for the Saints, who are still key contributors, then you definitely want to restructure this contract so that you can help your financial situation and keep your roster together. Now, they are going to have to cut some guys. I mean, that, that, that's just the reality of, of life in the NFL. Uh, Malcolm Brown, the nose tackle, is, is one. Another name is probably going to be uh, the punter, Thomas Morstead. Um, he's the highest-paid punter in the NFL, and he did not play Luckett last year. He's admitted that. He's working on that. Um, I, I think he's, I think he, uh, he's, he's swallowing Jameis' lead, and he's going to get basic eye surgery at some point this offseason to try and help out. But, you know, the Saints have, have a rookie punter that they like to uh, stash away on, on IR last year in Blake Gilligan, and he's someone that they could very easily turn to this summer and say, hey, you're, you're up. Uh, more said, we, we love him to death, uh, but it's time to make a change here. And that would save, you know, something like three or four million against the cap. So it's not, a, it's not, it's not an insignificant amount of money. So... All, all that said to say, there are ways for the Saints to get cat compliant, get in position to add free agents uh, without really tearing the team apart. And I, I expect them to get to it here soon because we're two weeks from the start of free agency. John, you just explained that in a way I actually could understand. I appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs>
That made so much yeah, sense. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. You can just drop some knowledge right there. So, uh, so, that, so that is a really nice way to put it. Yeah, the Saints, yeah, they might be 68.2 million over the cap. I don't want to get that wrong again. But not in cap jail. And I knew that. I knew that cap jail thing was, was false. So uh, I really appreciate you breaking that down. Here's another big question. Another elephant in the room that I want to get John's take on. Is Drew Brees holding New Orleans hostage by posting these insane Terrell Owens-like workout videos? Or I guess we could blame his trainer for that. Not We can't get Drew Brees in trouble for something he didn't do. But is Drew Brees holding the franchise hostage? We'll get into that coming up next. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I really like what we had a chance to see. He was a tremendous leader for this team, and, and that's hard to do when you come in new in free agency your first year uh, as a backup quarterback. Um, so that'll be you know an important check mark for us. Uh, and you know a lot of times you, you want to hold your cards closer to the vest, and and he is he is a free agent, but uh, him along with Taysom Hill, who's in the building. Uh, we've said it all along, you, you know, we're, we're not going to, we're going to develop and coach those guys. And Jameis is one of those guys that we have a, a big interest in. Well, there's Sean Payton talking on the Good Morning Football program, and he's talking about Jameis Winston there. And he's talking about Jameis Winston as if he's already on the roster, as John said. Uh, that's what Sean Payton likes to do, likes to talk about Jameis but as if he's, he's under contract. But in, in fact, Jameis is a free agent right now. And last we saw, John, is a, I think a couple days ago, Drew Brees was in this video posted by his trainer. He's pushing a weight sled all over a parking lot. He almost runs and he almost drives it into a road and then he comes back. It seems like he's pushing the sled uphill. And then they're talking about it. So it's a new record. He did it all in under a minute. Meanwhile, we're all kind of waiting for that official thing. Are, are you going to retire, Drew, or not? And you got to feel like as all these things, you know, all these rumors swirl about Guys like Russell Wilson, these blockbuster, you know, trades or or Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill or that thing, it all kind of hinges on Drew Brees and what his plans are, and we really don't know. And it would be nice if he would just go ahead and make a decision, right, John? So do you have like a sense of where the fan base is at with Drew Brees? Are they kind of fed up at this point with him just not kind of letting us know what he's thinking about next season? Where where are you at on that? Yeah, so I'm not there yet, but I think we're getting that way. Um, to me, the only real deadline we're, we're dealing with, with Drew is March 15th. And that is when the, 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 the legal tampering window opens. And all that is, is that that's when teams are officially allowed to contact free agents and offer them a contract. Nothing can be signed until uh, Wednesday the 17th at the start of the new, new league fiscal year. Uh, but the 15th, that is when the fireworks are going to kick off. That's when all of these um, negotiations are going to start. Um, that's when the real action begins. And for me, that's, I'm, looking, I'm looking at it, and that is when Jameis Winston can start you know, hearing offers from other teams. And you, know, you look at teams like uh, the Washington football team, look at the Chicago Bears, they're out here swiping right on every possible quarterback they can. Uh, those, those guys are desperate. They're starving for a quarterback. And I have to think that Jameis Winston is on their radar 
And if Drew Brees hasn't really given the Saints an indication one way or another about the 15th, then I have to think that Winston at that point, you know, he's vulnerable to uh, poaching and he, he could be gotten by an interested team. Now, on the other hand, in a big way, uh, Reese has already made his decision, and that was with the $24 million pay cut that, that he agreed to a few weeks ago. What that did was it lowered his base salary on, on, in 2021, the final year of his contract as it currently stands, and he, he, he waived that $24 million, which gave the Saints $24 million in gas space right away, and is ensured that if he does play this year, he's going to do so on a veteran's minimum $1 million salary. Yeah. And I just don't see him doing that. No, it's uh, hard to see that. Career, no, I know. I mean, Drew, he, he extended the 2011 CBA negotiations for a week because he wanted to protect the money of veteran players like himself. And he is someone who is not going to go out there and risk you know, having his ribcage imploded again. He's not going to go out there and risk breaking his, his uh, throwing hand again. He, he's for $1 million. And so unless he suddenly signs a contract extension with the Saints, which I don't anticipate coming uh, based off of Peyton's comments, I, I think this is, I think he's gone, and or at least as good as gone. He, it may take him some time to really accept that himself, but I think he's already got at least one foot out the door by agreeing to that pay cut. Now, one, one thing that's important to note, I'm talking about deadlines and makes the circle on your, on your calendar. I'm looking at my day planner right now. Um, another one is June 2nd, and that is when the, his retirement paperwork has to be filed um, in order for the Saints to max out their con- their salary cap um, accounting for it. And so right now, he, he's on the books with a cap hit of uh, about $24 million. And if his retirement paperwork is filed uh, after June 1st, they're on the 2nd, then he would only count for $12 million this year and the following year. And that would be the preference for everyone involved uh, for, for the Saints. That gives them the most um, resources to work with this year. Um, even if at that point in the offseason in June, you're, you're really focused on signing your own free agent or your own players at that point, working on extensions, uh, like we saw last year when the Saints got some money for, I think Larry Warford was a post-June first cut last year, and they used the money they got from that uh, release to extend Alan Kamara and Demario Davis. And I don't think anyone is complaining about those people. Um, yeah, so to me, the only real deadline here is March 15th, and then again on June 2nd. Um, but I think we'll have some answers sooner than that, just based off how Satan has talked about it and how some of the reporting um, around Breeze has yeah, I mean, I don't think uh, there, no signs point to him returning, I, and, and that wasn't really my goal. I don't, I don't think he was ever going to return. I don't think we think he's going to return. But why won't he just like make it official? He's he stopped short of doing that after the game, and just like you know, we've been waiting for that video of him to announce it, right? Like that thing on social media. Like maybe he'd post a video being like, "Saints fans, I love you. This is the end." But. No, we get the uh, workout video instead. Like that's what we got, and uh, you know. So I don't know. I just like uh, as a fan, I got to be like, come on, Drew. Can you just like can you just tell us? But now I understand what you're saying. So March 15th. So in a couple weeks, we check back in with you, John, and then you'll have a nice rant prepared, and you'll be mad at Drew Brees for not making the decision yet. So I'm just gonna check back with you on this one in a couple weeks. Yeah, sounds great. Looking forward to it. <laughs> so uh, in terms of the franchise tag, uh, do you think Trey Hendrickson is? you know, a candidate for that. And we, we know, we kind of talked about, you know, the situation the the saints are in. Do you think the 
franchise tag is in play at all. And what do you think about Hendrickson if they can't figure out a deal with him? Do you think they let him hit the market? Yeah, I think they I think they've already agreed to punt on Hendrickson. Um, Mickey Loomis talked to the media a few weeks ago and said that he anticipates Hendrickson having a, a fairly active market, which to me suggests that they, they've already shut the door on a reunion there. Now, I could be wrong, but just my read, read on the situation from his response, um, but I don't anticipate a deal getting worked out there. And nor, nor do I expect the Saints to use the franchise tag with Hendrickson. The player to watch with the franchise tag is free safety Marcus Williams. And it may need, not even be the franchise tag. It could be the transition tag, which is slightly less valuable, um, and it doesn't bring any compensation that the player leaves, um, but it is a, it, an effective tool in, in these situations. And if you look at the money for it, uh, look at the salary cap value. Because remember, these tags, once they're issued, it's a fully guaranteed one-year cap hit. Uh, the franchise tag estimate for defensive ends like Henderson is over $17 million. The Saints can do a lot. They, they, they can make some serious hurdles. They, they, they can't deal with a $17 million lump charge for a backup defensive end, even if he did lead, lead the team in sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not happening. However, if you look at the franchise at the tags for safety, the franchise tag for Marcus Williams, $11 million. The transition tag for, for Marcus Williams, $9.5 million. Those are much more affordable rates. Those, those are much easier amounts for the team to work with. And I fully anticipate that being at least considered. Um, ESPN's Jeremy, Jeremy Fowler reported Monday that the Saints are making re-signing Williams a priority, um, that, that, and that they also want to re-sign uh, Jameis Winston. So I think these are things that are being considered. And, you know, it might come – I can very easily see a situation where Marcus Williams is wanting to be paid like the top safeties in football. You know, your Buda Bakers, your Eddie Jackson, your – gosh, I'm, I'm – I'm pulling the Deion Sanders here. The the all pro free safety from the Tennessee Titans who led the league in interceptions that I can't remember his name. Um, these guys at the top of the market, I could see a situation where Marcus Williams wants to be paid like them. And he probably has an argument that he belongs in that group as well. And the Saints are going to say, well, no, we can't pay you 14 or $15 million. Here's the transition tag at nine and a half. If somebody wants you that bad, they can make you an offer and we'll decide if we really need to match it or not. That, that feels a little more realistic to me. But even then, you know, like we've been saying, they're, they're $68.5 million in the hole right now. So they've got a lot of digging out to do before they can uh, re-sign anybody. So, yeah, so Hendrickson, I think he's out. Um, Williams, I think there's a very real possibility that they're able to retain him. Or if worst comes to worst, they do end up sort of attacking him. No, look at that. We're, we're off and running on the Saints Wire podcast. And, and i got to tell you, John, you're, you're right. Like, Every week, something comes up that you just don't expect to be talking about. Like, again, I did not expect to see Mayor Cantrell on her Twitter account twirling a black and gold umbrella with the Mardi Gras beads. Uh, telling, well, telling, did you see the Seattle mayor's response? Uh, no. Okay, so the, Seattle, the mayor of Seattle uh, responded with a resounding no. You cannot have Russell <laughs> yeah. Wilson. And as long as we're uh, you know, talking about moving uh, sports figures around. We're in the market for a basketball team, so you better watch your back. Um, so, awesome. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you know, I love I love the Sonics. They had some of the best uh, color schemes, some of the best uniforms in, in basketball. On, but, but you know, I, I don't want to see them come back at the expense of the Pelicans. Uh, now that we got Zion and Bi and everybody, that, that's a whole other yeah, kind of worm. That is. But, yeah, yeah, the, the Saints have never had a normal week. No. Um, but we, we explored this often during the season. Now we're in the off season and it's still a thing. So you just, just um, 
keep your head on the swivel and keep keep up with all the all the news at saintswire.com and uh, we'll see where they take it. Yes, 100%. So the rumor mill will always be spinning with the Saints and John and I will be we'll keeping track of it. Can't wait to see what comes up next week. Uh, we'll get into more of it. John, great to be back with you, my man. And uh, to all our listeners, we will talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.